I own $350 million. I just shy of that. $335 million of property as of today. It'll be whatever, a little over, I don't know, 365 or something once we close on these other deals. Um, $335 million of property. We're all into it for a little over 200, maybe $215 million. Um, and uh, I've raised about $45 million from private lenders and got bank financing for whatever the difference is. What is that, $170 million or something like that. Hey everyone, Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. Today, I'm really excited to have our special guest on the line. I actually met him in person a few months ago back in Tampa. Uh, we had a, a reunion mastermind style event with a, a bunch of uh, real estate investors and educators and you know just really good energy in the room. Uh, and I had a chance to have a beer with, uh, with our special guest today and um, just had a, a a really good conversation with him and, and wanted to, uh, uh, I've been trying to get him on the line for a little while, but I know he's a, definitely a busy guy and, and you'll see why as we uh, go through this podcast today. Uh, the guy is doing some tremendous things in real estate. What he's been able to accomplish over the last four to five years has been mind blowing to me to say the least. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about him and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll have him tell uh tell you about himself as well. But uh, our special guest, he began in the real estate business back in 2007 as a commercial real estate broker in my hometown, New York City. Now, obviously, you guys know I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, his, uh, where he was working at was uh, in Manhattan, but he lived in Park Slope. Uh, guess what? I went to middle school in Park Slope myself. So we were, we were neighbors and didn't even know it. Uh, by 2009, he started his own real estate company in Charleston, where he bought his uh, first uh, duplex, and uh, he put some money into into the duplex, and you know that started his real estate career as we see today. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into the nitty gritty of how that actually went over the years and how he ended up to where he is right now. Very interesting story. We were just talking about it a, a few minutes ago. Uh, today, he's the CEO and founder of. CLE, turnkey real estate, where he focuses on uh, commercial real estate investing, uh, commercial apartment complexes and things like that. And, you know, I was just talking with him uh, right before we jumped on the line. He said he owns 50 units, but those 50 units comprise, are comprised of, what is it, 4,000, just shy of 4,000 units he has altogether on 50 properties. Okay. Uh, Tim is a husband. He's a father. Uh, he's a real estate investor. He's a member of multiple masterminds as well. And uh, he's the real deal when it comes to uh, his aspect of the business. And I, uh, I don't want to take too much light away from him. I want him to tell his story because it's definitely an incredible story uh, from what I know about him. And um, I, I know that you guys are going to enjoy uh, today's podcast. Let's welcome Tim Bratz. To What's the up, buddy? We're excited up, to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for jumping on the line, man. Yeah, I, I know we've been trying to get on the line for a little while, and uh, I, I know you had a busy schedule. I know you had uh, some events going on, and uh, then with this, uh, with this whole commotion that's going on in the I world know, today, it's been difficult, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. So 
I think everybody's, you know, everybody's moving and shaking. Nobody knows the direction that's going in. I think the only thing we can do is just, you know, like we were talking beforehand, just take massive action, right? Just be super proactive, super communicative, talking to your tenants, talking to your vendors, talking to your team, talking to your lenders, you know, just staying in communication and, uh, and just doing the, the, the next right thing over and over and over again. So, um, and then we'll figure out, you know, where it all goes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of people saying, oh, this is where it's what's going to happen and all that. Dude, nobody knows, right? Nobody alive has ever lived through anything like this before. So, um, you know, I we think, take one day at a time. I honestly think that if someone say, if they, if they, if someone says that they know what's going to happen next, they're lying. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Nobody knows. What's gonna <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, even like the economists. Oh, well, this is what happens when that happens. Like economists are, are right about just as often as like meteorologists, right? Like they're not, it could rain, it could be sunny. It's going to be a mix of one or the other. It could be both. Who knows? Like, okay. Like, why do I even watch the weather? Right? So, uh, no, I mean, I, I think, um, uh, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Anybody who says this is what's going to happen, you know, I wouldn't even trust their opinion. Right? Like we can all, um, I think there's basic business principles that you could follow to ride this thing out. That's going to be, uh, that's going to transcend catastrophe and disaster and struggle and all that kind of stuff. I think there's some certain things that you can do in that regard. Um, and, and, and above and beyond that, like nobody knows what the timeline's going to be. Nobody knows what any of that stuff is. So we'll figure it out though. Yeah, we'll definitely figure it out. We always do, don't we? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, I, I know I, I gave a, a, a brief summary of your story, but um, why don't you tell them about yourself and how you got started in the real estate business? Yeah, man. Well, uh, well, again, I appreciate you having me, dude, and I appreciate all the content and all the value that you put out there, too. So, Thanks, excited brother. to finally connect. Um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I was going through college when the market was going gangbusters last time, 03 to 07. Everybody's making money in real estate. Uh, if you want to get rich, you want to build wealth, you get involved in real estate. That's what motivated a 20-year-old kid back then. So, um, after college in 2007, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio originally, but my brother lived out in New York City, and so I moved out to New York after college and uh, got in the real estate world. And um, I thought that you can't you get into real estate by becoming a real estate agent. So uh, I happened to become a commercial real estate agent. So I'd either represent a business owner who's looking to expand and find other locations, or I'd represent a landlord who had like retail space or office space up for lease, and um, just kind of different dynamic. And if you know, you're obviously familiar with Manhattan. Uh, I, I closed a deal. It took about eight months actually to close my first commercial lease, and it was at, at Bleecker and Thompson in the Village. Nice, um, little dumpy 900, or I'm sorry, 400 square foot space. We rented it out for ten thousand dollars a month with a four percent annual in- increase over a 12 year lease term. And I started doing the math on this thing, and I'm like, holy smokes, this landlord's going to make almost two million bucks for doing something one time, and they're going to pay for the next 12 years on it. I was like. I'm on the wrong side of the coin. I need to be owning real estate instead of brokering real estate. So I, uh, I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina. Just wanted some nice weather. Actually, that's where I'm coming from right now. I split my time between Cleveland and Charleston now. And, um, uh, you know, came down to Charleston and just decided I need to be in the investment world. So this is 2008 now, right when everything's like tumbling and yeah. crashing. And, and uh, market, you know, everybody's saying run away from real estate. I was like, dude, I just showed up to the party. Where's everybody going, you know? <laughs> Uh, fortunately though, the market had tanked and prices were at the bottom. Unfortunately, I had zero money and nobody was going to lend some punk 23 year old kid, uh, money, uh, you know, when I've never done a deal, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm new to real estate. Everybody's saying run from real estate. And so I just kind of got, got resourceful. I heard Tony Robbins say one time, like, Oh, people say yeah, they don't have the time. They don't have the money. They don't have the, the, the knowledge. They don't have the resources. He's like, resourcefulness is the ultimate resource. If you're resourceful, you can find all those resources. And I think that's something that I've always really kind of honed in on is how can I be more resourceful? And I started asking myself good questions. I think if you ask good questions, it leads to good answers. And um, I said, well, how can I find the money? And the only people who would lend me money was uh, my Chase MasterCard. And so I just called up my Chase MasterCard. I was like, hey, I need more money. Will you guys increase my limit to $100,000? And they're like, uh, no, absolutely not. You've been a customer for about 15 months and uh, your, your limit's currently three grand or whatever it was. We're not going to increase you to a hundred thousand. Um, so well, we're ask, though. Does, <laughs> you got to ask, you got to ask. Man. And so uh, I said, well, what can you give me? They're like, we'll give you $15,000. I was like, done. So they give me that. I make an offer on the cheapest house on the entire MLS. It was 25 G's. We go back and forth, end up getting it for 14 grand and wow. essentially use a balance transfer check on my credit card to pay for that house. And so, dude, it was a pig. It was one of the ugliest houses you've ever seen. And it was ugly even when I sold it. And I just, <laughs> I really just slapped a bunch of lipstick on it and, and um, uh, you know, did the paint, did the flooring, did the fixtures, did some landscaping, just knocked on door, like made it decently presentable and at least clean. Mm -hmm. And then I knocked on some doors and uh, got one of the neighbors to buy it for $33,000. About, uh, I don't know, I don't know, two months after I, I finished renovation. So it was like, I don't know, 100, 120 days from start to finish. And I made 14 grand on, on the first house that I ever flipped in the worst economy ever. Um, and I was like, done doing this again. So I could go and do it again, do it again, get into wholesaling. And uh, then eventually I met people who had money, but maybe didn't have the time, maybe didn't have the expertise in order to go out and find deals and operate them. And so um, they put up the money. I did the deals, I did the work, and we ended up kind of doing an equity split. And, uh, Dude, I gave up about 70% of the ownership in the first e. 200, 250 deals that I did. Um, you know dude, what? But, that's a good way to learn, though. I mean, it's not, it's, that's not necessarily a negative, man. It was, it was hard to find money, right? It's yeah. very, so it's like, guess what? Right now, we're kind of going through a little bit of that again. It's a little bit harder to find money. And, and now, deals are starting to come up a little bit more. There's, yeah. I don't think a lot of sellers have really uh, felt the pain yet. Um, but the lending's obviously tighter. Like I got involved in real estate when lending was super tight. It was impossible to get people to lend money. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of used to this and I, uh, I just had to give up a lot of equity, especially being new. I don't yeah. have to do that as much now. Um, but being new, I had to do that because I just needed to do, I didn't need to do deals, right? I need to build a resume. I need to build a portfolio. I need to be yeah. able to show people Back I knew record. what the hell I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I think a lot of people have a short-term mindset and they're, they're thinking about this deal today and only thinking about this mm. one. Dude, I've always thought about the deal 10 deals ahead, 50 deals ahead. What is it going to look like a year, two years, five years from now? And I've always sacrificed short-term in order for the long-term gain. I love um, that. And, it, and, and dude, it's not always easy, right? Like, like there's a lot of struggle in the short-term and a lot of like, how am I going to pay the bills and how am I going to do this? And and, um, you know, that, regi that registers on so many different levels, especially for, you know, you think about the average person that comes in a real estate business, they want to get rich on one deal. Yep. You know, yep. I love the fact that you said you think long term, not thinking about the deal right now. You know, most people want all the profit on the one deal versus what they can make 
over a spread of deals. But look at where, you know, that was an easy transition into what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, were you, were you focusing directly on residential when you were doing those or, and yeah. then made the transition into? And initially, yeah, I was doing some residential. I bought like a package of five houses all gotcha. on the same street. And so I like the idea, like I understood scale. I understood like efficiencies. Um, but dude, just commercial real estate and apartments. It was like, uh-huh. it was one of those things where it was um, too complicated and too complex. And like, I thought it was, oh, man. was outside of my realm. Right. And so I'm like, how do I, I don't even wrap my head around that. I don't know, but I can wrap my head around a single family house. And so, so go for so, it. So how did, so let's talk about that for a moment. How did you end up? Obviously you made a, you had to make some type of mental shift from residential. Uh, I'm, I'm, in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Tim started off as a commer- in the commercial business as a broker. We, we both know that being a broker being, and being an investor is two completely different worlds. But I'm sure you had some type of confidence from being a broker that uh, allowed you to, um, I guess, jump into the commercial world at some point. But what, what was that transition like going from residential real estate to commercial real estate for you. So, so although I was a commercial real estate agent, dude, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, mm-hmm. right? Like all I did is I just banged out phone calls. I walked around uh, Manhattan and just talked to business <laughs> owners. I'm like, dude, what are you looking for? Right. And I just like, I essentially spammed people via email and phone calls and fax blasts back in the day in order to find somebody who either wanted to sell or rent. Right. And that's all I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really understand all that stuff. I just kind of let the, the higher ups in the company handle a lot of that side of things. Um, I was just kind of the workhorse, right? I'm, I'm doing the mule work. Right. And so I, I, I knew enough that I wanted to own commercial real. I knew, I knew enough that I wanted to own rental properties. I wanted residual income and I knew enough about, about the allure of passive income, uh, at least to be dangerous. Right. Um, as far as like getting into apartments, uh, I, I partnered up with some guys and uh, moved back to Cleveland, Ohio back in 2012. And um, uh, these guys reached out and they said, hey, we got a few hundred thousand dollars and from our traditional business. We'll, we want to put it with you and uh, just kind of go out and play Monopoly. And so I bought high-end flips, low-end flips, and single-family rentals, all that stuff that I was familiar with. And this is 2012, so this is like the bottom of the market, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and there were houses all over the – or buildings all over the MLS for like Cheap, dude. I, I was in Cleveland, Ohio. I bought some C-class apartment building. It was listed for thirty thousand dollars, an eight-unit building, thirty oh G's. My goodness, man! I'm That's like, how do you not buy that? You're, it's, four, it's less than four thousand dollars per unit, and three of the units were occupied. Yeah. And I was like, I, I got to buy it, right? And so that's how I fell into apartments. And so I bought that building. I put another 50 grand of renovations into it, but I'm all in for 10 G's a unit and it, and it netted $27,000 a year. So it's like a 33% cap rate oh. uh, on that building, right? First building ever I ever bought because I bought, you know, at, at that time. So there's a, we got workers at the house. So disregard the people. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> We're, we're, so, we're, we're, we're trying to be, we're trying to be as natural as possible on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, so, you know, after that first year, I bought another eight unit that was like 40 grand. I put another 40, 50 G's into that one. And then, um, and then I bought this little 14 unit, um, I bought some triplexes. And after that first year of being back up in Cleveland, 2013, I sat back and I'm like, what? do I really want, right? Like, what do I like the best? And I, dude, I hate flipping house. I'm just terrible at it. Not good at flipping houses. Um, 
I'm more big picture. Let's go. Let's go. Let me go raise money. Let's take down some deals. But then like that execution for at least for like a, um, like a customized renovation project, dude, I do not have the, I, I don't have the patience to deal with emotional buyers or anything like that. And so, um, and I hated the holding costs. I hated I've done hundreds of those, man. And <laughs> I, I get it. I've done hundred, I've done hundreds of, uh, rehabs and I just, I, I stopped doing them two, three years ago, man. I just can't, I don't have the patience for it. It's, it's, uh, Listen, man, it works for some people, for some people who like that and they like the customization and they like the design aspects yeah. and they like, like, dude, they can get me really, really, I'm not that guy, right? I like, I like real estate as a tool to build wealth. Yeah. And for me, I've always wanted like efficiencies. I've always wanted, uh, economies of scale. I've always wanted, um, standardization and processes and how can I build systems and put people in place and, and automate this whole thing. And that's not how I thought initially. It's just, I wanted to build a big business initially. I just didn't know how to do it. Right. And I realized if I bought bigger properties, it was just easier to do it that way. And so, um, like after that first year, I looked back and I liked the rental properties that I, the single family rentals that I was flipping. Cause if it didn't sell, I didn't really care because I just bought it cheap. I fixed it all up. I, you know, slapped a new lease in place, new long-term lease at an increased rental rate. And, um, then all of a sudden the property is not worth $20,000. Now it's worth $35,000 and I could turn around and make 15 G's. And if it didn't, I still had a tenant in place paying $650 a month or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and apartments was just that on a grander scale. And I really liked that. So after that first year, dude, I just sold off all the single family, finished flipping whatever I had in the pipeline. And I just focused on buying apartments. And so I bought, like I said, uh, a 15 unit, and then I bought a 23 unit, and then I bought a 31 unit. I just kept on gradually increasing, organically growing it. And um, I think there's two ways to get involved, really jump into real estate. One is you can do it the way that I did, right? Organically buy a, a 10 unit, and then a 20 unit, and then a 40 unit, and then a 80 unit. And then all of a sudden you're sitting back and you're like, I own 200 units, you can go out and buy a 200 unit apartment building. Um, and you kind of cut your teeth on those smaller buildings as right. you go along. Uh, the other thing that, that you could do, which I didn't even realize was, was an option getting started is there's people out there who will joint venture and partner and sponsor your loans for you. People who have the business acumen, who have the experience and the technical uh, 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 knowledge on how to own and operate these things. And you could bring, you could bring a deal to them or you could bring money to them or you could or be boots on the ground or kind of an operational partner, uh, figure out a way that you can bring value to that. And dude, you can jump into a 200 unit deal right out of the gate. And all of a sudden you got a, maybe a smaller piece of equity in a 200, but it's a 200 unit deal. And, um, and all of a sudden, boom, now you can go out and start sponsoring your own loans. Now you can go out and start raising your own capital just because it got you into some bigger deals first. So, um, you know, like, like the big thing for getting involved in commercial real estate is you got to build a portfolio. Building the portfolio and building your balance sheet is the most important thing that you can do in order to then you know, get yourself into, you know, kind of the big leagues. I'm sure, I'm sure it, it you know, it does take a, a, a little bit of a mental shift as well. You know, me being in real estate for, and I've, I've done some smaller apartment stuff, nothing over, you know, 20 units or so, but even then it took a mental shift for me to be able to uh, go from a single family or any, any type of residential one to four unit to make that transition into mm -hmm. The, the, the five unit or six unit that we did and then the eight unit to get up to the 20. So I definitely understand that. 
So, you know, right along those lines, what would be some of the biggest misconceptions that you think residential real estate investors have, or even newbies uh, would have when getting started in the uh, commercial world, the apartment world? Yeah, man, I think, um, I think we all build it up in our heads to be more complex than it really is. And there's definitely nuances. I'm not saying that, um, that it's just as easy as residential. I'm not saying that it's, you know, the same. It's just, it's a little bit different. Just the verbiage is pretty much different. You're just I think adding the numbers, zeros. The numbers might scare some people as well. For sure. Not knowing how to, you know, analyze cap rate and, yeah. you know, uh, things along those lines. I think that can definitely scare some people away. Whereas in the residential world, um, the numbers are a lot simpler, but in my opinion, the commercial world would definitely, it's, it's the king of the castle at the end of the day when it comes to, if you want true wealth and real estate, I think the, the apartment world is where it's at, man. But I think yeah, it I think, might scare some people. I think, I think the reason a lot of people don't jump in is because it is, it, it seems scary, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I come from the residential world. So like when I coach and I mentor and I tell people about how we do what we do, I, I, liken it and I, and I um, associate it as if they're going from resident because a lot of people that I coach and I mentor and I, I work with um, or I partner with come from the resident. They're great residential operators. Now they're just trying to get into the commercial side. And, and I, I can easily uh, relate because I'm like, hey, all right, so you got a profit and loss statement on one of your single families, Jamel, right? And so you got rent is $800 a month times 12 months is $9,600 a year. Great. It's 9,600 minus taxes, minus insurance, mm. minus utilities. Oh, tenant pays utilities minus uh, maintenance and management. Boom. Here's what your net operating income is. Okay. And so then you calculate what is the return on investment? So let's say you net $5,000 a year on that. You want a 10% return on investment. You would pay $50,000 for that house, right? Um, if that's, if that's you in a residential single family right. house, it's the exact right. same thing with commercial. The difference is now there's multiple tenants, right? Now there's multiple sources of income. You got rental income, you have coin operated laundry income, you might have some signage income, you might have some storage income, you might have some parking income, you might have some other things in there. All right, so now it's just a P&L, profit loss statement, where there's a few more sources of incomes, and then there's just some additional line items of expenses too. So now you got taxes, insurance, utilities, maintenance, management, uh, maybe there's some payroll, maybe there's some administrative costs, maybe there's some CPA type stuff. Um, so there's just more income line items. There's more expense line items and it leaves you with the net operating income. So instead of being $5,000 a year of net income in, on a on single family, maybe it's $50,000 a year of net income. And then cap rate, everybody's like, oh, what's cap rate? How do I calculate cap? Do cap rates a return on investment. That's all it is. So if you want a 10% return on your investment and the property yields $50,000 a year, all you do is divide it by 0.1 and it yields, that means you could, you have to be all into that for $500,000, right. right? And so that's all I've done. I've just continued to, to duplicate that. And my process and, and how I buy apartment buildings, like I said, comes 100% off of the single family. I, I, used to, I used to buy houses and be all in for 65 cents on the dollar, and then I'd flip it. When I started doing apartments, I, just, I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, so I need to be all in for 65 cents on the dollar. Okay, great. But instead of selling it, all I did is I just refinanced it. If I'm all in to a million dollar building for uh, $650,000, I can go get a 70% loan. So they give me seven, 700 grand. That allows me to pay off my, whatever my short-term financing is, allows me to pay back my, my investors 
And, um, uh, and then maybe there's some even refi proceeds in there, like 50 G's of refi proceeds. Mm -hmm. And then I just have a long-term loan in place. I don't owe anybody any money anymore. And all of a sudden the property's cash flowing. It kicks off, um, uh, that, that residual income, that passive income, it's totally renovated. And I have the depreciation and all the tax advantages of it. So then I just rinse and repeat. Once my investors get paid yeah. back, I go and do it again and do it again. And I just cycle through every 12 to 24 months, those same investors into new and new deals. And it's, it's the Burr method in residential. Buy, exactly what I was going to say. Refinance, yep. repeat. Yep. So in essence, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're mm -hmm. doing a Burr method, but on a, in a, on a commercial scale. So if you, so guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, one of the biggest things Tim said so far was number one, he focuses on the burn method on apartments, but he simplified it for you. He took, let's say you want to go out and buy a hundred unit apartment complex. Uh, think about the one unit and multiply it by 100. That's in mm -hmm. essence how you work in your numbers. That easy. You know, that's huge right there. He simplified it. And this is coming from a guy who focused on residential first, then got into the apartment world. So as an apartment, you're, you're doing a lot of syndicating right now, is it? Yeah, I just syndicate in a different way. Okay. Um, so, you know, like I, I had that business partnership, I guess, let me, let me kind of comb through the rest of my story. I had okay. that business partnership um, that kind of went south. We decided, we had about 150 units. We liquidated everything in 2015, 2016 and started building my current portfolio at the end of 2015. So it's been a little less than five years. Um, you know, I got back into the, the flipping of houses and I did mostly like turnkey flips though. So you could, you, could, you know, standardize that process, open up a management company. And then I started buying apartment buildings again, a couple of years ago, three years ago, I looked at my net worth and where was I spending my time and just 90% of my net worth came from my apartments and it was only 10% of my time. So I pivoted my team and we've just been focused on apartments since then. Mm -hmm. So, um, as, as we're recording this, I'm a little over just shy of 4,000 units, but I got another, um, 200 some units closing next month and, uh, we'll be over that 4,000 unit mark. And so, Congrats, man. um, yeah, man, you did, that, it's, you did that in, what was it? Four years now, three, four years. It'll be five in August. So five, yeah, about, about four and a half, almost five years. And, um, uh, but dude, I, I, I was really bad at real estate for seven years and I got pretty good at it like four years ago. Nice, um, and so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things kind of like what we were saying before, dude, real estate is not a get rich quick. Real estate is a get wealthy slow, right? But if you dedicate five to 10 years of your life to this, you'll never have to work again. Right. Ever. Yeah, no. I mean, is, is it easy? No, it's not easy. Is it hard? Sometimes. I'll tell you what, it's not harder than, it's not harder than working for 40 years for somebody else in order to retire on less money than you couldn't already live off of, right? It's not that hard, but it's, it's not easy, right? As long as you're willing to do the work, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, I don't think there's anything better out there. It's got the scale, it's got the income, the residual, the passive layers of it, and it's got the tax advantages to it too. Love it, man. So, so you... You broke the partnership. You had 150 plus units. You uh, started getting into the commercial world as a syndicator, or did you have to dump some of your own money in first? How did yeah, that dude, work? I've I've only invested 75 grand. Well, I just I just invested in another deal. Um, so I've, I've invested 125 thousand dollars of my own money ever in any. I own 350 million dollars. Man, just shy of that. 335 million dollars of property as of today. It'll be whatever, a little over. 
I don't know, 365 or something once we close on these other deals. Um, $335 million of property. We're all into it for a little over 200, maybe $215 million. Um, and uh, I've raised about $45 million from private lenders and got bank financing for whatever the difference is. What is that? $170 million or something like that. Um, so, like, those that are big numbers, a, right? Those are big numbers, Here's right. The key. I've only ever invested hundred grand of my own money, ever, you know? So, like, you don't need your own money. Everybody thinks that you got to have your own money. Now, I do use my own credit because I have a big balance sheet, so I sponsor my own loans. But there's people like me out there who sponsor loans for other people. You just give them a piece of the equity, and they'll come in, they'll sign on your loan. Maybe they'll even help you raise some money. Uh, maybe they'll mentor you and coach you through the deal. Maybe they'll, they'll help you out with different aspects of it. So that's available to you. Um, don't pass up on, on a good deal. Like, hey, start doing deals. I think creating momentum is the most important thing. But if you come across a big deal, realize you can take that down if you are, uh, uh, you know, if you have people like me in your circle of influence or you know people like me who will be willing to sponsor those loans. So let, let's talk about that. You know, let's talk to the person that, doesn't have the greatest credit at the moment and they have a little bit of capital, uh, maybe twenty dollars to $50,000. Do you think that they should even be looking at this type of investment strategy or focus on something else, get their credit right, and then... Uh, Dude, I, w- I would spend that twenty to fifty grand on two things. One is uh, joining a mastermind and two would be uh, finding deals. I love that's it. it. Marketing on deals. That's the two things that you should focus on because the mastermind is going to bring you the money, the loan sponsorship, the education, the insight, the confidence, everything that you need from a mindset perspective. And number two is deals. If you can find a good deal, dude, everything else will fall into place. So, um, I mean, we're always sourcing money. We're always sourcing deals. Those are the two most important things you can have. Um, in order to grow your business. And then obviously you need good operations once you take these buildings down. And then, um, and then from there, dude, you just need to be in like a, a, a group of high level uh, entrepreneurs who know what the hell, you know, and you can lean on mm-hmm. them. And it's not like having a single mentor. It's like having 30 mentors in a single yeah. room and you can kind of, you know, gravitate to whoever you, you, you like the most or you align with the most core values or wherever your, your biggest needs are. And there's gonna be different people who, elevate you in different ways, some in relationships, some in health, some in finance, some in uh, spirit, mindset, whatever else, you know? So, um, I, dude, I, I think everything changed for me when I joined the mastermind. That's what really- I'm a huge advocate of masterminds, man. Yeah. Huge, man. I, I love masterminds. I didn't see the value in them years ago um, when some of these, you know, I, I know you're a part of uh, some of the masterminds as well. Uh, that I've been invited to, and I just didn't see the value in them years ago. You know, again, mid twenties, you know, I did really well. By the time I was, you know, twenty five, then I lost everything in the market crash in oh mm-hmm. seven, oh eight, and you know, I, I built it back up. You know, by myself, I'm like, okay, I thought I was the king of the world, right? But you know, that's just being young and dumb. I wish I would have, I would have been able, I wish I had the opportunity. I wish I would have been as smart as I am now back then because I would have been light years ahead of where I am now. Just, you know, recently I joined some, some newer masterminds and just based on those relationships alone, 
it was, I mean, it's going to be set for another 10 years, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because of the power of the mastermind. So I, I 100% agree with that. But um, let's talk about, you know, let's talk to the newbie real estate investor for a moment. You know, what, what are some of the things that they should be looking out for when, when jumping in to uh, apartments? Yeah, I, I think the most, um, I, think, I think understanding what your business model is, right? Like you don't know what path to take. I'll give you an example. My, my daughter's five years old, right? She's all into every Disney movie. She watches Disney Plus all day, every, not every all day, but um, when we let her watch TV, she's watching Disney Plus. She's watching these different movies. And one of the ones that she loves is, is she like got into some of these old ones like Alice in Wonderland. So she's watch. I'm, I'm sitting there watching Alice in Wonderland with her and Alice follows this little bunny and she dives down this hole and she shrinks and she grows and she does all this stuff and gets into Wonderland and goes on all these crazy adventures. And during that process, she's walking down this road and comes to a fork in the road and it diverges in two ways. And all of a sudden that Cheshire cat, a little purple goofy looking cat with the big teeth pops up, the invisible cat, right? And uh, she's talking to him. She's like, hey, Mr. Cat, you know, I mean, the, the road goes this way and that way. Like, which way should I go? And the cat goes, well, where do you want to go? And she's like, I'm not really quite sure. He goes, mm-hmm. well, I guess it doesn't matter which path you take then, right? Because uh, you don't know where you're going. And, um, and I, I sat back and I remember like hearing that. I was like, dude, how many people go through life like that? They don't know what the destination is. And if you don't know what the destination, remember MapQuest back in the day, like getting directions on anywhere you're going? Like you need to put in the destination and where you're starting from, and then it generates a map on how to get there. And so if you don't have those things, then how the hell are you going to create a map, right? You're just going to go in circles nonstop. So you, you have to know what your destination, like what is the long-term goal? Well, I want to get rich. I want to get what, like you got to quantify it, put a timeline attached to it, have like a, d- develop a real goal, you know, and then you can take a look at some of the metrics in the industry and you can understand that. Um, all right. So. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like on my apartment buildings, once I renovate them and refinance them and I put somewhere between a 70 to 80% LTV loan on these properties with long-term fixed interest rate debt, I cash flow somewhere between $100 to $160 per unit per month. After all operating expenses, after all debt service, that's cash flow in the pocket of of the entity. Now I might own 50% of that deal and so I get, I get 80 bucks a month or something, or you know what I mean? Like half of that comes to me personally, but it comes into the, the prop, you know, that, that entity, that partnership. Right. So, so now you, you can reverse engineer the numbers. Hey, if I want $10,000 a month in passive income, then I need a hundred units, right? But if I'm going to have partners with it and I'm only going to own, you know, 50%, then I really need 200 units. So now you have an actual quantitative metric that you can put in place and then reverse engineer. So if I want to hit that goal over the next five years, I need 200 units, I need 40 units a year. If I need 40 units a year, dude, that's a fourplex every month. That's easy to do, man. Or go buy one 40 unit building once a year. Or go buy two 20 unit buildings every six months, or you have a 26, I'm sorry, a 20 unit building every six months. You know, there's a lot of different ways to, to carve that pie up. And so, um, but you gotta know what your destination is. What does that look like and then, Reverse engineer from there. So be clear, basically. Uh, be clear on what you want. At the, you know, I always liken it to, you know, if you get in a car, like you, you mentioned MapQuest, you get in a car and you don't have a destination and all you're going to do is go around the block a bunch mm-hmm. of times, right? So just mm-hmm. be clear on where you want to go. And then the vehicle to get there, the car, in essence, would be real estate. 
and obviously you're going to be the driver of the vehicle. But you got to press, you got to start the car, you got to you got to get in, you got to start it, you got to put the car in and uh and drive, and you got to have a destination. Otherwise, you're just going to end up right where you started off in the first place. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking thinking about that, and you know, thinking about some of the newer uh, individuals looking to get into the, the uh, commercial world. All right. So, you know, uh, someone may be in residential right now. Someone may want to skip the residential and get into apartments right away. Um, what, let, let's provide them with, let, let's say a three, maybe even a, a five-step process to getting their first apartment going. What, what would be some advice? I know we mentioned masterminds, education, powerful, right? Uh, mm-hmm. we, we talked about, um, uh, marketing, you know, what would they be marketing for? Uh, what, what will be, let's say a five step, even if you can condense it down if you wanted to, but a five step process to getting their first deal in the commercial world going. Yeah, man. I think that's a great question. I think it provides a lot of that clarity. So, uh, number one is understanding where you're going, you know, understanding what the destination needs to look like. I, I would say that's number one. Number two is get educated. Um, if you don't have, and, and listen, dude, I, I, I do education, whether you want to come out to my event or somebody else's event or, or learn about it for free online, just go out and do it. Like you can go to my, my website, legacywealthholdings.com. I have a ton of free content out there. Follow me on social media and you'll see you post all every day about how I'm going out and doing deals. And if you want, you know, formal education and a process, there's a lot of different courses out there. Some of them are good. Some of them are okay. Some of them are crappy. Um, you know, just kind of depends. So figure out somebody that you like, that you really resonate with, that has good values and, and connect with them and get educated by them. So, uh, and there's a ton of free stuff out online too. So um, you can do that. You just need to know, you know, to ask yourself resourceful questions in order to take yourself down certain paths to get that information. Let me stop you right there. I'm going to vouch for that. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm friends with Tim on Facebook and in some other groups as well. Um, when I, first started looking into some bigger apartments. I, you know, you guys know I, I recently made an offer on a 30 unit apartment complex uh, for just shy of a million bucks. Um, listening to Tim, uh, not number one, he, he makes you believe you can do it <laughs> just with the information. You got to see some of his Facebook posts. It, it's incredible. Number two, um, he makes it simple so that, I mean, it's not like you're listening to someone who's who's uh, 70 years old, 60 years old, and has an old school way of teaching. Tim simplifies it. I mean, mm-hmm. look at what he did on today's podcast. He took the, the concept of, let's say, a, a larger apartment complex and simplified it down to one unit. Now, everybody can understand that. So Tim, Tim simplifies it for you. It, it's easy. He, he said he takes the Burr method. Everybody's familiar with the Burr method. He's just doing it in commercial real estate, 65 cents on a dollar, right? Come on, guys. Anybody can pick up information from, from Tim. I'm going to link your uh, social media and, and website uh, information in the show notes anyway. So cool, if you're man. watching Thank this you. on YouTube, definitely uh, um, look in the description box and uh, you'll, you'll be able to get in contact with Tim uh, in that regard. But uh, I'm, I just wanted to share that with, with everyone. <laughs> I appreciate it, dude. Um, and, and, and listen, like, do you guys want to do deal? Like, I, I build wealth by doing deals. Like, I don't, I don't try to get rich from the education side of things. I actually do deals. I invest in student deals, and I, I, uh, I partner up on a lot of that stuff. So, like, that's where I really 
make money is by educating people on how to not screw this stuff up. And then I, I become a partner with them. And dude, my, my entire mindset is I'd rather have a quarter of a watermelon than a hundred percent of a grape. You know, I think there's a lot more juice in the squeeze of having 25% of a watermelon than in a hundred percent of a grape. And I think, um, it's more fun that way, right? I get to partner up with awesome people and, and uh, work together. You focus on what you're really good at. I focus on what I'm good at. I like it better because I get to just do what I'm good at and we're able to, you know, one plus 20 equals three and we can do more together. So um, that's always my, been my philosophy in business. But um, going back to your original question, I think this is a really good question. So I want to make sure we, we uh, or I, I answer it uh, fully. So one would be understanding what is your long-term goals. Number two is getting educated and, um, uh, getting as much information as you can. I think now's a great time to go out and get educated on stuff and really refine and sharpen your ax kind of a thing. Um, and then there needs to be a delicate balance with taking action, right? And the action step, you don't need to know how to operate a 200 unit building before you make an offer. So go out and make an offer, right? Look across each bridge as we get there. And so focus on one or two different ways of finding deals. And here's how I find deals. Uh, how do you find deals, Jamel? Direct mail, text messaging, stuff like, you know, multiple ways. Drive for dollars, dial for dollars. Yep. Dude, shooting out an email drip to your social yep. media, like RIA events, RIA groups, Facebook real estate. Dude, that's how I get all my deals too. I took all the same methods that I was doing. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Simple. <laughs> <See>? Simple. <laughs> and, I, and I just took all those same exact methods and I just started deploying it into apartments. And you know what I realized? Nobody does that in apartments. Not many do. It's brokers that, that do that. Not many buyers actually approach it the way that real estate investors do, um, like the way that we did in the residential world. So when I started coming in, I started banging out phone calls to, actual, to people saying, no, I'm not a broker. I'm a, I'm a buyer. I'm willing to buy your apartment building. And they're like, what? Huh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You start having some conversations. Start calling. Instead of calling for, for sale by owners, call for rent by owner signs. Hey, I'm not interested in renting your place. I'm interested in buying the whole building. Uh, how about this one? Google search. Uh, you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, right? Uh, Greensboro. Greensboro. Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, apartment buildings. And just see what pops up. Look at all the dumpy Google reviews. Pick up the phone and call up the management company or call up the broker or call up the owner on all those. Those are motivated sellers, you know? The tenants aren't happy. It's riddled with bed bugs or roaches or something. But those are the opportunistic properties. And you're able to get in there. They're not taking care of the property. The tenants are pissed, which means the tenants probably aren't paying rent, which means the owner's, you know, in a, in a tight financial spot. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're just, you're planting a lot of seeds. And you keep on planting seeds. And again, over time, some of those seeds might, might pop and might sprout in five days, five weeks, five months, five years, 50 years. I don't know. But I can tell you that if you don't plant seeds, you will never have a harvest. So you got to just keep on planting seeds. Love that, man. If you don't plant seeds, you'll never have a harvest, guys. Love that. Love that quote, man. So, um, so that's a simple step-by-step -step process for you guys to get started. Notice none of it is technical. You know, a lot of it is all about you know, being clear with what you want and then going out there and starting to find the deals. Because when you have a deal, the money will follow. So don't worry about the money. Don't worry about putting the, uh, the deal together just yet. Find the deal first. Let's cross that bridge first. Mm -hmm. And then worry about uh, what's going to happen after the fact. Get the leads first. Great, great information, man. Love that. Love that step-by-step uh, -step process. Love the call in general. 
And um, I know that a lot of our listeners, obviously we can't cover everything within the time frame that we have on this call today. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to commercial real estate. There's a lot of moving parts to residential real estate. But if our listeners wanted to get in t- touch with you, I know that you mentioned it before, where should they go? Yeah, just connect with me on, on social media. I'm real active on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and then, you know, my website's legacywealthholdings.com. So uh, just go there and I put, a, I put a bunch of content and stuff out on that too. So yeah, if there's anything that I can help out with, don't hesitate to reach out and uh, connect you with resources, whatever that looks like. And um, dude, I appreciate you having me, man. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, love, I love hanging out with you. I love having conversations with you. They always go to the next level. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate your mindset and um, looking forward to watching your growth in the, in the commercial realm over the next couple of years too, man. Yeah, man, I'm definitely uh, tapping into it. And, uh, you know, I'll be in touch with you about that stuff as well. Now, obviously, you're, you're a book reader as well. I know you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this to be true. Um, what books are you reading right now? Oh, man. Um, you know what I do a lot? I actually cycle through a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the classics. So I read, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People on, an, on a yearly basis. I read Think and Grow Rich on a yearly basis. Uh, one of my favorites is called 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn. Um, really, really powerful, profound about just living a good life. And, um, uh, you know, it's uh, making sure you understand your values and what's important and all those kinds of things. And so I read that every, every year as well. And um, if there's one book that you got to go out and get, that's only like, a hundred pages. You can knock it out in two sittings and uh, it's powerful stuff. So I would definitely check that one out. Awesome. So that will be the 12 pillars. uh, pillars I'll link, I'll link all of those books in the show notes as well. Tim has been a real pleasure, man, having you. Uh, I I love the information. You even got me thinking about certain aspects of my business as well. So I know the audience is, uh, is intrigued as, as well, man. So guys, check Tim out. Uh, you can check him out all, all across social media. Check out his website as well. Uh, give me the uh, website one more time. Legacy. LegacyWealthHoldings.com. LegacyWealthHoldings.com. I'll link it in the uh, show notes as well. Uh, definitely check him out. And I'm looking forward to having you again sometime in the near future to tell you uh, about my progress and, and um, uh, see where you are in the, in the very near future as well. You name it, brother. I'll be here. Appreciate, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, brother. And let me know if you ever need me for anything, all right? Absolutely. Thank you. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.